more than it as an ancient object, I think the real significance for this lamp really lies in its reception since it was found. In 100 Years, 100 Objects, stories from the collections of Lancaster City Museums, we're delving into the collections to discover objects that can tell us stories about the past and make us think about the present and the future. I'm Millie Wellborn, Museum Assistant at Lancaster City Museums. Today's object is surrounded by myths and stories. It can tell us as much about ourselves and how we see history as about the period it comes from. Today's object is a Roman lamp decorated with a Cairo symbol. The lamp has a round body with a spout, which has been broken. It measures 8cm across the body and 13cm across, including the spout. The body is 3cm thick and hollow and would have held oil which would be burnt to produce light. The body is made from a reddish clay and on the top there is an embossed pattern consisting of lozenge shapes arranged in a circle surrounding a symbol made up of the Greek letters chi and rho intermingled. At the back is a small circular handle. But the lamp itself may not be as important as the stories that have built up around it and what that can tell us about ourselves and how we relate to history. We spoke to Dr Ellery Cousins, lecturer in Roman history at Lancaster University, about the lamp and started with the basics of how it would be used and where it comes from. So we have here a Roman oil lamp. Uh, and this would have been one of the ways in which you lit your house when you lived in a Roman house in the Roman world, filled with olive oil, uh, with then a wick coming out of it, and you'd light the wick, and that was how that was how you lit a space. This particular lamp was made in North Africa in probably the late 4th or early 5th century AD, so really quite late in the period of the Roman Empire, after the Roman Empire was Christian, and that's going to be part of the story of this lamp, as we'll talk about in a second. We know that it was made in North Africa because, basically, lamps like this were being mass-produced in North Africa. It's made of this very characteristic red clay, it's got this red fabric, as archaeologists like to call the, the clay that, that pottery is made out of. Very characteristic fabric of North African pottery. The design and the shape of it, again, very characteristic of the lamps that are being made, mass-produced in North Africa in this time period. North Africa was one of the main centres of production for lamps in the sort of later Roman period, in the 4th, 5th centuries AD. They're being made in North Africa and then being shipped across most of the Mediterranean. So this lamp, like all the other lamps like it that were made in North Africa, it's made with a mould and the decoration on the top is what we call a Cairo, which is a symbol sort of smushing together the Greek letters Chi and the Greek letters Rho. And these are the first two letters of Christ in Greek and so the Cairo is an early Christian symbol. So does this symbol mean that this was a religious object that can tell us about Christianity in Roman Lancaster? Yes! Obviously, in that it's got a Christian symbol on it. But one of the questions that we need to ask is, well, what does that mean, right? It's clearly part of 
the Roman Empire at a time when Christianity is becoming the main religion of the Roman Empire um, from the early 4th century onwards, Christianity increasingly becomes the sort of dominant religion of the Roman state. It's clearly been made by people that want to put Christian symbolism on objects. But I think it's not quite right to say that it's a religious object. These lamps, these are day-to-day -day objects. These are objects that people would have been having in their homes. These lamps with Christian symbolism on them, we don't think that these are made exclusively, for example, for use in churches or use in religious practices. So it's a Christian object in that it's got Christian imagery on it, but that's not its reason for being. Its reason for being is to be a lamp. This particular lamp, because of the Cairo symbol, has had several things written about it and many stories built up around it across the years. We asked Ellery to delve into its history as a museum object and let us know the origins and meanings of some of these stories. In recent years and sort of over the kind of course of the 20th century, this lamp has taken on quite an important position in the stories that we tell about Roman Lancaster and in particular about the relationship between Roman Lancaster and what happens on Castle Hill where the Roman fort was after the Roman period and the establishment of the early priory and, and the turning of Castle Hill into an important early medieval and high medieval religious site. The story has been that it was found near the Priory, possibly in the gardens of the Priory Vicarage in the early 20th century. The date that gets tossed around is 1912. And it's been latched onto as an object that we can hold up to say there was Christian worship at the Priory site even in the Roman period. And in the process, people's perceptions about the date of the lamp have gotten a little bit muddied as well. And so it becomes this sort of sign that there was Christian worship on Castle Hill, even before Christianity was sort of sanctioned in the Roman Empire. I don't really know how that story has come about, but it's not. It's definitely a 4th, 5th century lamp from when the Roman Empire was Christian. So it's become this quite sort of iconic object. But the problem is, based on what we know about the position of these lamps in Roman Britain and, and what material we have in Roman Britain in the 4th and 5th centuries AD, it's actually very, very unlikely that this lamp initially came to Lancaster in the 4th or 5th century AD. If we look at the rest of Roman Britain, the finds that we have from Roman Britain, lamps like this, as I said, North African lamps, extremely common in the Mediterranean. Very, very rare, possibly actually non-existent in Roman Britain itself. And this is part of broader trends for how people lit their homes in Britain. The fashion of oil lamps in Roman Britain is actually a very short one. Basically, by the second century AD, that's not what people are using to light their homes. When we dig up Romano-British sites, we're not finding lamps. Instead, we're finding things like candlesticks. Uh, so they're using wax rather than olive oil. And also, sometimes we're not finding any lighting equipment at all, and they're probably using ways to light their homes that, that just haven't survived archeologically, like torches, for example, or fireplaces. So people aren't really using lamps in Britain in the 4th and 5th century AD. Now, this lamp is not unique. There's about a dozen other North African lamps with Christian decoration that have been found in Britain. All of them, bar one, have 
not been found in proper archaeological digs. We don't actually have proof that these came from the ground on a Romano British site. Rather, they're like this one that we've got here from Lancaster, where people say, oh, there's a rumour that it was found here. So on balance, given what we know about how people lit their homes in Roman Britain in the 4th, 5th century AD, given what we know about what materials coming into Roman Britain from the Mediterranean in that period, and the fact that lamps are not part of that material, lamps are not being traded to Roman Britain, it's unlikely that this came to Lancaster in the Roman period. How then did it get here? Well, there's another way that antiquities tend to arrive in Britain, and that's that people in much, much more recent times go to the Mediterranean as tourists in the 17th, 18th, 19th, even 20th centuries, and bring back souvenirs that they've bought. And this is almost certainly how this lamp came to Britain, that someone in the 18th or 19th century bought it in the Mediterranean and brought it back. We have no way of proving the circumstances here, but if that story is true, that it was found in the Vicarage Gardens, I think we can paint a quite pretty picture here, one that we can never prove, of a 19th century Lancaster cleric going on his grand tour to the Mediterranean, being sold a lamp with Christian symbolism that he would understandably feel a resonance with, right? There's this evidence of kind of the antiquity of Christianity and, a, and of ancient Roman Christian worship and bringing it home. And then at some point it gets lost to be then found and to then be sort of amalgamated into the story of, of Roman Lancaster. The other question mark about this lamp is if it has come as a souvenir from someone's travels in the Mediterranean, people were buying both real objects, but also fake objects. Fake objects that they didn't know were fake, but also fake objects that they knew were fake. But then once they've gotten lost, you know, that kind of memory gets lost. Um, and so there is a bit of a question mark over whether or not this is even Roman. The specialists that have seen it don't seem to have had sort of big questions about its authenticity. It's not an obvious fake if it is a fake. If it is a fake, it's an accurate copy of a type of lamp that we do have from the 14th century. This lamp shows how museum objects are not immune from gathering around them information which may not be true. The knowledge of how and where an object was found can easily be separated from the object itself, especially before the advent of digital collections management systems, when curators relied on written notes or even just their memories. So if this lamp isn't part of the story of Christianity in Roman Britain, do we actually know anything about the spread of the religion in this area? That is a rather more complex question, and one without necessarily an easy answer as well. But what we can say is that we do find, with reasonable regularity, objects with Christian symbolism, in particular the Cairo, from Roman Britain. Generally, Christianity doesn't seem to have quite taken hold in Britain in the way that it did in other parts of the Roman Empire. There are absolutely people engaging in Christian worship in Roman Britain. We know that there is some sort of church hierarchy in Britain because we have textual sources 
reporting that bishops are going to Christian councils on, on the continent. But generally, we've yet to find a building that everyone is absolutely agreed is a church. And while we have these objects that are decorated with Christian symbolism, they are a little few and far between. Christian worship is definitely here, but it's part of a diverse religious landscape that includes sort of traditional, what we would call pagan practices, um, and the sort of traditional gods of the Roman state, as well as local gods. So if we had a lamp with a Cairo symbol, or we had an object with a Cairo symbol from Roman Lancaster, that would both be not terribly surprising, and also not terribly significant. It would just be evidence that the people in Roman Lancaster were behaving as we would expect people in 4th century Roman Britain to behave. But the stories that gather around an object, even if they turn out not to be true, can be just as important to us and to preserve in museums as the object themselves. We discussed with Ellery how this is especially true when those stories connect to aspects of our own lives which hold particular significance or emotional weight. This is where I think the Christianity element really comes in. One of the reasons why I think people are so drawn to objects like this one is because for so many people, for so long, the story of the Roman Empire and Christianity, that Christianity starts out as this persecuted religion under the Roman state and then has this kind of triumph with the Emperor Constantine becoming Christian in the start of the 4th century AD. And then that sows the seeds for a medieval Christian Europe and, and a sort of Christendom. That for a lot of people for a long time and for many people still today is an important story and is one that they, that they have an emotional connection to. And so people were looking and do look for ways to see the seeds of that story very early on and to see the sort of end in the beginning, as it were. And so that's why a lamp with a Cairo on it becomes so weighty. It's not anything necessarily to do with Roman Britain. It's actually really to do with the medieval priory and being able to give the medieval priory these roots in antiquity and, and the sort of wanting to extend that story back into the Roman period and saying, actually, this is even more established, even more ancient than we thought it was. It goes right back to the Romans. So where does Ellery feel that this lamp sits in our story of Roman Lancaster, both what we know and the stories we like to tell? So one of the things that I've found really fascinating as I research this lamp for this podcast is the disconnect between the public story of this lamp and the conversation that has happened about it in academic circles and in academic literature. It was a lamp that I was told about quite early on when I came to Lancaster, when I moved to Lancaster in 2019. As someone who works on Roman religion, my initial sort of reaction to it was, well, even if it does come from Roman Lancaster, that's not terribly significant. We can't actually use it as part of this long kind of continuous story of Christian worship on Castle Hill. That's not what it tells us. But that is what it has meant for people. And I don't want to downplay the importance of that story for people. But at the same time, it's been known for a very long time in academic literature about Cairo lamps in Roman Britain, that first of all, lamps like this generally are very unlikely to actually come from Roman Britain, and also that more generally, 
objects with Christian symbolism in Roman Britain don't necessarily have the meaning, the social meaning that we might want them to have. They're operating in a very, very different context. And so I think for me, one of the really important things is that we do, in fact, resist the temptation to put a huge amount of weight on this little lamp's shoulders. But that actually, that doesn't mean dismissing it, because I think more than it as an ancient object, I think the real significance for this lamp really lies in its reception since it was found. And for us to sort of tell that story of how and why people have responded to it in the way that they did. And, and for us to then reflect on, well, how do we use objects to kind of tell the stories of our communities? And I think too, the museological story here is a really, really interesting one, that we don't really know how this lamp came into Lancaster's collections, that there are these rumors about how it was found that no one's really been able to track down. We think this story may have come originally from a guide to the Priory in the early 20th century, but again, the kind of knowledge exactly of, of of where this information has come has, has been completely lost. And that when that knowledge gets lost, that's then when these kinds of rumors and myths start to accrete around objects. And so this is where that kind of research into not just objects' positions in history or in antiquity, but also their positions in kind of our more recent times becomes really important because that's when we can start to peel back the layers of these stories and really sort of reflect on the position these objects have taken. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of 100 Years 100 Objects. Don't forget to look out for all our other episodes where we talk about everything from machines that print tickets to medical equipment.